everyone. Welcome to Education Beyond the Classroom. I'm Allison Schaefer, and I'll be your host for the next 10 to 20 minutes. So screw in those earbuds, slap on those headphones, turn up the volume, because you're going to want to hear this. Before we get going on this episode, though, I'd like to put out a warning, because we're going to start talking about human trafficking, and it can be graphic. It can be sensitive. So at this time, either you depart or you be a part of raising awareness, empowering yourself with the knowledge about human trafficking. To kick off this episode, I do want to start with a couple stories about human trafficking survivors and victims and sharing from the heart of what they went through. So let's start with Samantha. So Samantha actually became a homeless young girl at the age of 12. And she had been coerced into working as a sex slave for a human trafficker. So Samantha was only allowed four hours of sleep a night during the stint as a human or as a victim of human trafficking. And her trafficker made her addicted to heroin. Out of Samantha's um, mouth, she says, when I first started working, I would have breakdowns in the middle of a session. I couldn't do it until finally, I kind of just separated me and who I am when I'm working. Otherwise, I would go crazy. I would lose it. You numb your mind. So something else that Samantha shared was the fear. I remember one time I was just outside smoking a cigarette and someone asked me for a lighter and he had somebody watching me, he meaning the trafficker. I got beat for that later and it was just because someone asked me to use my lighter. Because I wasn't allowed to talk to anybody when we went out, I had to tell him my order to tell the waiter. I couldn't look at anybody. I had to look at him or the ground. And if you messed up in public, then you were going to get beat as soon as you got back to the room. He would make sure nobody heard when you were getting beat, when I was getting beat. He'd turn up the TV and turn on the shower. And if you cried or screamed or anything, then he would take you out of the room and you never knew if dead was going to be an option. You just never knew. So that is Samantha's story. Now I'm going to share another story about Sarah. Sarah was an ordinary girl. And one summer night, Sarah left her job at a local fast food restaurant with someone she thought was a friend, a woman her boyfriend had introduced her to a few weeks before. Sarah's boyfriend seemed to have money, but no job, no matter. He treated her better than any other boyfriend she'd had before. She fell for him quickly. But what Sarah didn't know was that her boyfriend worked for a human trafficker, spotting girls he could manipulate quickly and bring to the trafficker. He had already sold Sarah to him. When Sarah got in the car with a new friend, she didn't realize that she was crossing the threshold into slavery, participating in her own abduction. Sarah was taken to the trafficker's house where she was repeatedly raped and beaten in a process that human traffickers call seasoning. Sarah was then force-fed narcotics in quantities that ensured a fast addiction. She was kept in a dog crate when she was not being sold for sex over the internet. 
Sarah was living one of the most brutal lives imaginable, and law enforcement had no idea she was missing or that her trafficker even existed. So after a little more than a month, Sarah did manage to escape, and she ran to the police. She told them her story, and there she ended up getting help from a nonprofit organization. Sadly, those two stories are just two of many stories of traffickers who actually are victims and survivors from the human trafficking industry. So what I want to do is really get into the meat and potatoes about human trafficking. And I want to start out with what is the real definition of human trafficking? So we're going to share, I'm going to share that right now. Human trafficking is criminal activity in which people are recruited, harbored, transported, bought, or kidnapped for forced labor, or to become a child soldier. Now, all of these ways, it is the trafficker who actually has monetary gain from this whole situation, a monetary gain. Now, the, the ways that people are trafficked, there's three particular ways that a person can become trafficked. And those are force, fraud, and coercion. Let's go over those real quick. So force people, what force means is violence used to obtain or control a person. So that could be a situation where it's um, a person is forced into that van or forced into a vehicle or they are violently kept under control and beat and into a submissive state. So that is the violence in the force. Then we have our coercion where threats are used to control a person. So let me give you an example of this. Let's say that a 30-year-old is put into a trafficking situation, which is not a sex trafficking situation, but it could be an involuntary domestic servitude situation, which I will share with you the types of trafficking. So this young lady, she is now into an involuntary domestic servitude position, and her traffickers threaten her and say if she does not do what she's supposed to do for them, then they will hurt her kids or kill her kids. So that's a threat situation. And then we come to fraud. Fraud is a situation where lies are used to obtain or control a person. So lies are used. And let me give you an example of that. So let's say Susie, she is really, really interested in becoming a model. So she finds out this model agency is doing um, photo shoots and looking for models for a particular position. So Susie, she ends up um, getting the job. She's super, super excited. Susie is over in Norway, though. So she is told that she has to go to the United States to do her modeling. So she hops on board the plane with her potential, well, you know, the model agency is so, so to speak, but they end up being traffickers. So she gets to the United States, walks into the room anticipating a, a modeling um, shoot, and it ends up being a trafficking position, and she is pimped out for sex trafficking. So that is where the lies come in. So again, I'm going to repeat this, you guys. Force, coercion, and fraud. Those are three ways 
that people are trafficked. Now let's head into the types of trafficking. This is going to blow you away because there's a multitude of them. Little side note right now, what I want to share with you, there's going to be four or more episodes about human trafficking, and I will go in-depth with the types of trafficking and much more information with human trafficking. So let's go ahead and talk about the types of trafficking. So sexual trafficking and sexual exploitation is probably the one that most people are familiar with. <clears throat> Excuse me. Putting people out for sexual, um, a monetary gain and sexual exploitation. Again, I'm going to reiterate, it can be anybody who is trafficked. And I don't know if I said that earlier, but let's just keep going. So, and I'm going to emphasize about the types, you know, who is trafficked. So another type of trafficking is child soldiers. So children are actually forced into military services, typically in underdeveloped countries that lack military power and governmental control. So we call it third world countries, or we would say, again, developing countries. And then there's commercial prostitution, forcing people, typically women, into prostitution over and over again against their will for monetary gain. And then domestic servitude, it is maid work, caregiving, in-home services. But with that also comes sexual or um, abuse, just physical abuse for that person who is in a domestic servitude position. And then our forced labor is another type. Um, typically in factory type jobs that are considered to be unskilled. So it happens a lot for big companies with overseas manufacturing and less restrictive labor laws. So that is something we can do as a whole, people, is to pay attention to those labor laws. And then we have organ harvesting. So organ harvesting is buying and killing or maiming a person solely for obtaining an organ and, or certain organs to sell or use. And then we have mail order brides. Yes, that is not gone. I just remember reading about mail order brides years ago. Well, it's still around. Generally by older men who are looking for a young woman to marry. So women are tricked or promised a better life and they become trapped by the man and end up being a bride or getting married to that older man. Then we have begging as another type, forcing people onto the streets to beg for money. They typically pick more weak and vulnerable looking people so they are more likely to get donations. And then sometimes they purposefully maim the victim to appear more pitiful to get more money. And then we have the debt bondage, which is buying or using someone's debt to force them into obedience and subservience in order to repay the debt. And then the last one I'm going to talk about right now is child sex tourism. This one just, ooh. I tell you, as we go, you will feel my angst and anger about this whole situation. A little side note there, you guys. So child sex tourism takes place in hotels, air, Airbnbs, and other temporary housing, as well as resorts, because I know there's one in the Philippines, and they hold a variety of children hostage, offer them as special services to unique customers. And it brings in tourist money and acts as an underground attraction. Again, I'm done talking about the types. It just gets my blood boiling. I will go in depth with those because there is much more to say about those. 
So let me share a little bit about signs of human trafficking, and I'm going to end on this because I want you to start thinking about this. This is so you become aware, you empower yourself so you know what human trafficking looks like. And don't ever put yourself in um, harm's way to help someone. But I'm going to share this so you can actually do something about it if you see this happening. Initially, first and foremost, you call the police. If you have any inkling or gut instinct that someone's in this position. So, um, and then I will share at the end of this episode, episode also the um, human trafficking hotline. You can call and ask questions. They're amazing. It's awesome. So first, let's get through these warning signs. So these also can be considered as abusive situations. Well, let's put it out there, people. Human trafficking is abuse. But there are situations where they aren't trafficked, but they're just being abused. Do something. You see it, you say something. So, warning signs. Get back to it, Schaefer. I'm here. I gotcha. They appear malnourished. They appear malnourished. They show signs of physical injuries and abuse. This one, you guys, this is huge, huge. This is the kicker that I could say, hey, you see this? you are pretty much guaranteed that there's a human trafficking situation. If this victim of human trafficking avoids eye contact, social interaction, and authoritative figures, and they for sure will avoid law enforcement. They will not look at them. Because you know what? If they do, you guys, they actually end up getting beaten. So I'm going to keep going with these. These, it just... It, it, it makes me sick to my stomach, and it just brings tears to my eyes of anger. So, a victim could seem to adhere to scripted or rehearsed responses in social interaction. They lack official identification documents. They appear to be lacking personal possessions. They work excessively long hours. They live at a place of employment. They check into hotels and motels with older males. They have poor physical or dental health. They might have tattoos or branding on the neck or lower back, and that is put there by their trafficker. They are untreated for sexually transmitted diseases. Uh, Small children serving in a family restaurant. Security measures that appear to keep people inside an establishment, such as barbed wire inside of a fence, Bars covering the insides of windows. Or a couple other um, signs are not allowing people to go in public alone or just to speak for themselves. So those are some warning signs. But again, you have to be careful with this, people, because if you see one, that doesn't necessarily mean that there's a trafficking situation taking place. So again, I'm going to quick review what I went over in this episode. We talked about how people are trafficked, forced fraud, coercion, and then the types of trafficking, which I will go more in depth in my next episodes about, and then the warning signs. So what do you do? Again, I said, call 911, get the police involved, share what's going on, what you see, never put yourself in harm's way, or you are going to call one 888-373-7884.
Again, 1-888-373-7888. That is the human trafficking hotline. You gotta continue to raise that awareness about this human trafficking. It is happening all over the world. And sadly, the United States is the number one consumer of human trafficking. And Philippines is right up there as well. But I have to tell you this, just as hope, you gotta have that hope, we in the United States offer a lot of resources to help our trafficked victims and to stop the trafficking. So hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to hearing from you. I'll keep those comments open because you know what? I'm just starting out. I want to hear if it's yay, nay, or hey, you know what, Allison? Could you share this? Leave a comment. I'm a-okay with it and definitely, definitely subscribe because you're going to want to hear from me every other week. My next episode will be, let's see, this is, I think, the September 7th, I believe, is my next episode. So every other week, Wednesday mornings, it'll be released at 5.30. So I look forward to hearing from you. You guys make it a great day. Take care of you. Empower yourself and peace out out.